you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Okay, my darlings, this is a jam-packed epi with our gal, Dr. Aviva Ram. So either take some notes, but also know there will be a recap on my website, breaking all of this information down. It's a long one. It's a good one. I love this woman. We are all just trying to do our best. I think my biggest takeaway from this is the stress makes it all worse, right? Stress is really having a negative effect on a lot of the functions of our body. So take this information and apply it to your life in a graceful, not stressful way because you are doing your best and that is the best. Okay. Love you guys. Let's go. Excited to talk to you again. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk to you too. <laughs> because since we last talked, which you were just I was pregnant. We were just talking about that. Yeah. You had a person baby and I had a book baby. <laughs> yes. You had a book person baby. baby. A person baby is a much bigger deal. <laughs> let's just say it's much harder to push out, but book babies are a little bit of work too. Uh, your book is on my side table. I was looking at it last night and I actually want to ask you some questions. I, this is going to be a very selfish podcast because I have so many questions. All good. Sometimes I think those are the most interesting too, right? Cause it's almost like keeping it real. Well, since the baby... I went to a different kind of by accident because there's I, I my OB is great, but I ended up going to a different OB in Santa Monica, which is quite a drive for me, who right away said, you have PCOS. I saw that on your Instagram. I think I, I think I even dropped you a note. You yeah. did. And so I really yeah. I want to talk about that because I'm inundated every day with tons of girls asking me, you know, I've, I've been able to get some weight off. Um, yeah. In the last 15 months. And now it's like 40 messages a day. Like, how did you do that? I can't manage my PCOS. I don't know what's going on. So yeah. I would love for you to even just explain what it is. Um, totally. And what we're going to do about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a really big thing, of course, in my practice too. And um, I, I have, I you know see so many women who just are falling through the cracks in conventional medicine, either they're not getting the diagnosis and they know something's wrong mm-hmm. or they get the diagnosis. And it's not like they don't, they're not open to taking the medications if they need to, but the medications may or may not be that helpful and they have side effects. So it's, it's a complicated thing. We're actually looking at doing um, a new thing in my medical practice starting in 2023, which is group practice where we have like P 
PCOS clinic and, you know, 24 women can come and go through this together. Yeah. And yeah, because it's such a pressing need. So what is PCOS? Mm -hmm. So it's polycystic ovary syndrome, or sometimes just people call it PCO, polycystic ovary. And that name actually comes from one of the older diagnostic criteria that is now actually no longer a criteria, mm -hmm. which is when you look at the ovaries on ultrasound or even back in the day by x-ray, which should never be done anymore. Whoa. Um, yeah, you see what's called a string of pearls. Uh -huh. So when we are in our mom's bellies, we have a gazillion eggs. Well, ova that will like little follicles that will become potentially eggs. Mm -hmm. Then when we're born, we still have a lot of them. And then by the time we start ovulating and having our periods, typically a few of those follicles will start to mature. One of them will fully mature and it will rupture and leave a follicle that produces progesterone. And that is ovulation. In women with polycystic ovary syndrome, there is a phenomenon where a lot of follicles may mature at one time. Typically, one of them doesn't sort of like speed ahead and mm -hmm. mature and ovulate. And so when you look at that on an ultrasound, you see a lot of little follicles lined up and that's why it was called the string of pearls. So that's why it's called poly, mm, multiple, okay. cystic, little cysts, little fluid filled sacs, that's what a cyst is, on the ovaries. But it's way more complex than that. That's sort of like one manifestation of and that's a whole ovarian cysts, typically. Exactly. Because when I exactly. was in eighth grade, I had a cyst rupture and they put Ooh, me on birth control. Yeah. And that could have been that you had PCOS. And so now I'm that. thinking like I had PCOS in eighth grade because mm -hmm. I got my period when I was 10. Yeah. So yeah, it could I'm like been. adding up not, all these. Not all ovarian cysts are from PCOS, but PCOS can, can cause, cause ovarian cysts. Yeah. So what happens with PCOS is you can get these cysts that are maturing and maturing that can actually cause discomfort, but they don't necessarily ripen fully and, and then ovulate. So a lot of women with PCOS have extremely irregular periods. It can be one month you get your period in 28 days, then you don't get it for four months, then you get it two months later, then you don't get it. I've had patients who didn't get a period for eight months, or I had one patient who only had one period in the two and a half years before she came to see me. She was a mature adult woman. But can you get a regular period and still have it? You can have a regular period and still have it. It's if you have an irregular period, it's more likely a symptom of it. It's a little harder to sleuth out if you have regular periods, but you absolutely can. And so like there are these different criteria for diagnosing, for diagnosing PCOS. And there's like 10 different ways it can manifest. So you can have excess facial hair and hair loss and acne, or you can have ac acne and irregular periods and hormone imbalances. Mm -hmm. You can have no detectable hormone imbalances. Your hormones can look normal, but you have all of these symptoms. So, so there are different ways. It. Yeah, it is. I would say the important things with PCOS, and one of the things I really try to emphasize in my work and in my books and in all the things is that there, there's no one thing for most people that causes PCOS. Mm -hmm. So we now know from studies looking at intergenerational impact of, let's say, 
the maternal microbiome or maternal endocrine disruptor exposures Mm -hmm. or maternal gestational diabetes and inflammation. These things, because we do have our ovaries and our eggs and our hormone system before we're born, when we're still in our mom's bellies and it's all forming, those predisposing factors may have influenced why you or someone else may develop PCOS. We know now from studies that disrupted microbiome, gut microbiome, possibly from overuse of antibiotics or a standard American diet, Mm -hmm. can lead to PCOS in some women. We know that um, blood sugar dysregulation and insulin resistance. Now, we tend to think of diabetes and insulin resistance in our culture with this sort of like fat meme, right? And like, I don't even want to get into fat shaming, but that's a thing. Like that is a thing with insulin resistance and diabetes. It's like associated with happy. You spoke about what that one doctor had post about women with PCOS and how it's a diet, you know, how insulin resistance only comes down to diet and basically like fat shamed everyone. It was horrible. It was horrible. Horrible. So diet can play a a role Mm -hmm. that may influence, especially like a standard American diet. But there are other reasons that people can have insulin resistance, stress, chronic stress, Mm -hmm. chronic inflammation, chronic exposure to endocrine disruptors from the environment. All the chemicals that are in all of our stuff, right? Yeah, like the 80,000 chemicals that are out there in the world that even if we're like completely clean, green, organic, da-da-da-da, we still have from the environment. Yeah. So I really want to just emphasize this, not to say like this is an overwhelming cluster, you know, what of stuff that is like insurmountable, but so many women, especially women who are more aware and maybe in wellness come to me and you're probably hearing it too. What am I doing wrong Mm -hmm. or what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And then we go on this quest to like eliminate everything from our diet, eliminate everything from our environment. We go nuts and for some women that really works. And for some women, they're still at the end of the day, like exhausted, overwhelmed, doing all this stuff. I also feel like and that still- process is so stressful. Yeah. And the whole point is, is yeah. we're supposed to reduce our stress to help with this. Yes. So it's this weird hamster wheel of like. Yes. Yeah. So I want to just like Ugh. really emphasize if this is happening for you, first of all, this condition now affects like one in eight women that we know of. Mm-hmm. and it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Like wherever you are at, you know, for you, Pia, but for everyone listening, it's not your fault and you're not alone mm-hmm. and you're not broken and you didn't do anything to cause this. Mm-hmm. This is a modern phenomenon. It's a modern chronic mm-hmm. illness, just like diabetes or dementia. And it has some of the same underpinnings. I was about to say those underpinnings are all a lot of sugar spikes yes. and glucose stuff, right? Sugar spikes, glucose stuff, chronic inflammation, not getting the right healthy fats that we need because we never learn to. I know you're all about the olive oil, girl. I am so all about the olive oil. <laughs> yes, I am too. But it was funny. I post this morning on my Instagram that like someone was like, "What have you been doing to managing your weight?" And I was like, "Well, I've been, I've like I've been doing like Weight Watchers, which has been really great." But I was like, I used yeah. to put, jo- I used to just like. <laughs> Every meal, I was like, olive oil is a healthy fat. And I would be like, soup with the olive oil. I don't know where I was. I'm not someone who focuses on calories, but I remember seeing like 
a tablespoon of olive oil was like something like 200 that calories. Oh, I know what it was because I, I have this, you know, you've seen on my Instagram, this massive garden mm-hmm. and I've got literally an entire bed of basil. Mm-hmm. Oh, a whole yeah. bed. I've got like 18 basil plants. So I make a lot of pesto and I was looking at a new pesto recipe and I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so yes, I'm not about calorie counting, but it is good to know but where we're, we're getting keep, Yeah, getting we're, we should be like drinking olive oil all day yeah, long. Yeah, which is practically what I was doing. <laughs> but too. ghee, olive so, oil, avocado, I mean, all those things. Yes. Nuts, mm-hmm. nut butters, tahini, seeds. Tahini those are is all also great. really good at managing blood sugar. It is. It's rich in zinc, selenium. It's wonderful. I wish I've been eating tahini since I was 15 years old. And so I wish that I was one of these like got on the bandwagon. I know you could be famous for your tahini sauce. Famous and rich. (laughs) Tahini baby. Um, I love tahini. So, okay. So back to PCOS. So what happens is the two main kind of like biological pathways that PCOS happens along are either adrenal. So Mm. we're producing high amounts of stress hormones or or, and it can be like all the things I mentioned before, like genetics, diet, those can all be happening at once. And for most of us, they are. It is. Similarly, with PCOS, it can be coming from an adrenal pathway or it can be coming from the insulin resistance pathway. Mm -hmm. Either way, what happens is it gets our ovaries to increase testosterone production but we're not producing enough of the hormones in our brain, luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone. Well, we're producing enough lute- uh, follicle stimulating hormone, but not enough luteinizing hormone. So we get the ovaries stimulated to make follicles, but we don't ovulate. Mm. So we're having irregular ovulation that can affect fertility, mood, because we're not getting that relaxing progesterone, all the things. But the too much testosterone is what causes a lot of the symptoms that women get most stressed out about because we live in a society where appearance really does affect us so much. The gorgeous, thick black hairs that grow out of my chin and neck. Yeah, so like (laughs) you're plucking black hairs off your chin or your nipples or you've got them on the inside of your thighs or your lower belly or you are losing hair or you're having acne. And I have had patients come to me and it's like, it's heartbreaking where their cystic acne is so bad. I had one patient who she wouldn't go out for multiple days of the month and she'd go to the grocery store. She was skipping job interviews, graduate school interviews because she was just so, and you know, like we all know what it's like, you know, you have one pimple and you think your whole face is exploding. I was on spironolactone for cystic acne. Yeah. It's really devastating and not good for your body. She would, she had, she'd go to the grocery store. She said she was stopped by like, older women who would say, oh, you poor thing. Or like, oh, my daughter. She was mortified. And the thing is, it's like, we know from like scientific medical data that acne, especially significant acne, and also hair loss, both of which women with PCOS experience, can cause significant depression, anxiety, and it's just also rage, really like, because you feel frustrated. And then there's the weight gain, which a lot of women experience with PCOS. A couple of other interesting things. A lot of doctors will historically tell women, oh, you're not overweight, so you can't have PCOS, which is not true. You can have insulin resistance and be Mm. completely thin. Mm -hmm. You tell women, oh, if you just control your eating, 
you would lose the weight and that would reverse the insulin resistance. It's impossible. Well, and not only that, what's really interesting is that one of the symptoms that we now know of PCOS is binge eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you're overeating because you like are just some lazy ass overeater or whatever. Like, I don't think anyone is that personally, but you know, like that's the way doctors make you think or feel yeah. like you're just out of control. Actually, there are things happening as part of that insulin resistance for women, for a, a group of women, a large group of women with PCOS that make your hunger and fullness genes, leptin and ghrelin or hormones go offline, not genes, hormones go offline. So you mm-hmm. you have these crazy, like uncontrollable urges to binge and it's really hard. And then if you do end up gaining weight, then you're blaming yourself when it's actually so important to remember it's a symptom. I remember in high school having uncontrollable urges and I had a, my dad was a big guy and he loved to eat. And so it was like our like thing that we would go get our back. And my mom's like 90 pounds and Danish and like is not very food focused or driven. She has her little bites and she's fine. And it was so she, I remember her looking at me and, and I, I could see it in her eyes. She was so loving, but I could see it in her eyes thinking like that she did not have any of that desire to consume food the way that I did. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely, I was like, we are two different animals. And then when my sugar would crash from a spike, I would get shaky and it would, I would, I would be like, I need something sweet. I need something sweet because my, I can, I feel like my blood sugar is dropping. I feel like my blood sugar is dropping and that constant like down spikiness all day. It's interesting too, like not to say that your dad has any blood sugar problems, but we tend to think of our gynecologic stuff as coming through our mothers, Mm. but there's actually a male inheritance pattern of PCOS too. I'm sure he did. Yeah. And so for example, like women who have father, their brother, maybe even an uncle who have significant like male pattern hair loss. Oh, yeah, Those women that. may be more likely to have PCOS. That's so funny. They're experiencing hair loss. Yeah, my dad uh-huh. had no, he was bald. So uh-huh. it may, there may be some Thanks, um, interrelationship. <laughs> inter- <laughs> I think it's just important. It's like, I think sometimes we have this idea that if we do everything right, we're somehow not going to be made the way that we're made anymore. Whereas it's like, there is no everything right anyway, but yeah. it's like, you know, you're eating healthy and doing all the things that nourish health that somehow your entire genetic predisposition is going to go away. And yeah. I sometimes think it's more like, how do we, and it's not just genetic predisposition. It's like all the things that happened before you had a say in them. So like mm-hmm. we know, for example, I'm, in fact, I'm writing a new article on vaginal seeding and microbiome and, and newborns. And I've, so I've just been in the medical literature like today. What's on vaginal this. seeding? When a woman has a baby by cesarean, and the baby doesn't get all the vaginal oh, microbes. Yeah, I remember microbes. my doctor telling me that. Yeah. He said, so, if you have to do that, rub your baby down yeah, with all your vaginal fluid. It's not fluid. like fully proven <laughs> that it's ready for prime time. So I don't necessarily say to do that yet, but yeah. the studies on infants born by C-section, babies born by C-section. And again, I want to just like preface this, like none of this is to scare anybody or say like, mm-hmm. oh, if you have a C-section, this is going to happen to your baby. It's not like that. But we do know that there is a much higher rate of overweight and obesity, even in like two and three and four-year-olds if they were born by C-section. And what's happening is that we 
you know, and then kids who get antibiotics when they're young, there's a higher rate of overweight and obesity. And I'm not, there's again, just zero about, development of your microbiome. It, yeah. And again, I really want to emphasize, this is not about fat shaming. This is about looking at how our world and modern factors influence fundamental aspects of development that should be allowing us to regulate more than mm-hmm. our bodies. And so there are all these things that may happen for us as women, right? The average woman in the United States, by the time she's 18 years, uh, by the time she's 20 years old, has had 18 rounds of antibiotics. So think about not seeing 18 doses, but we've been prescribed 18 rounds of it. So I was on antibiotics at least twice a year. Yeah. And so all of these things add up. And so how do we now accept the bodies that we're in, love the bodies that we're in, have like compassion and forgiveness for the things that we didn't even know were going to be affecting us? And then how do we figure out like, okay, this is the hand of cards I've been dealt. How do I play them to my advantage now? Because that's what I can do. What goes with a great summer vibe? How about a checking account with no monthly fees? Like a cool breeze, Chime is a refreshing way to handle your money with no monthly fees, no maintenance fees or minimum balance fees. It's how banking should be. And when you need access to your money, you can do so fee-free at more than 60,000 in-network ATMs at many locations like most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, and CVS. You can also send money to anyone, even if they aren't on time. Fee-free for you and no cash-out fees for them, which is so awesome. Time has no monthly fees, no vibe-killing fees. <laughs> Just sign up for a Chime checking account. It only takes two minutes and it does not, I repeat, it does not affect your credit score, which is so amazing, right? You can get started at chime.com slash best. That's chime, C-H-I-M-E dot com slash best. Chime is a financial technology company. It is not a bank. Banking services provided by and debit cards issued by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees apply except at MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATMs. Other fees such as third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. If you're hearing this ad, we've got some good news for you. It means you're alive. So congratulations on that. It also means you still have time to get life insurance with Ethos. With Ethos, you can get life insurance in 10 minutes for as little as $10 a month. Unlike other companies, long, confusing, and outdated application processes, which is why I hadn't done it before, Ethos 100% online application takes only minutes. So you can just get back to living. Ethos has no medical exams, just a few easy health questions and competitive rates from top rated carriers. Ethos is affordable and convenient. And I will tell you this, when we gave birth to Carmela, once we got out of, you know, the first three months of dreamland, it literally hit me one day that if something happened to Davide and I, if we were traveling or if we were in the car or anything, like, what would she do right away? I was like, we need to get life insurance. We need to make sure that she is set up for the rest of her life if, God forbid, something ever happened to one of us or both of us. 
So join the thousands of satisfied families protected with the help from Ethos who have given the company a 4.8 star rating on Google reviews. Every year you wait, life insurance premiums increase by 8 to 10%. So get a free personalized quote at ethoslife.com slash best. That's ethos, E-T-H-O-S, life.com slash best. Go to ethoslife.com slash best to get your free life insurance quote today. Ethos Technologies Incorporated operates in California as Ethos Life Insurance Services, not available in all states and prices are subject to underwriting and certain health questions. And so when do you like, know when to, sorry to interrupt, no, when do you please. know when, like her, my daughter has empatigo right now. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden she woke up with this huge rash. Oh. Take her to the doctor. And she was like right away, then empatigo and sent us home with what I described as like enough antibiotics for a football team. Yeah. So I went on Instagram and I was like, hey everyone, like, I'm so thankful for modern medicine and that we have something that can heal this. Does anybody know of any natural ways to do it? And I got really loving feedback from both sides where a lot of people just said, you just give it to her because it's never going to go away. And then some people saying, I got rid of it with X, Y, and Z and don't do it because she's just a baby. And so what you're saying is something that now I'm happy that I know to think about it. Right. But like, when do you weigh these? Like I, when I was growing up, every time I had a sinus infection or every, t- I would get sick every winter and it would turn into walking pneumonia and it was yep. like, just give her a Z-pack. So right. I was constantly just like yep. give her a Z-pack. But I also wasn't doing anything beneficial for my body, especially in my twenties. I was smoking cigarettes and eating pizza and living <laughs> in New York going to call, you know what I mean? I was like, an I mean, who doesn't there. eat pizza when they live in New York? You have to. It's <laughs> also, it was like a dollar. So yeah. Yeah. So so you know, I think a- that what you said is the most important thing, Pia, which is just think twice. I mean, obviously, if it's a medical emergency, you don't question whether you need the antibiotics. Or the, you just do it, right? But I think just giving it two thoughts is really important. So always asking yourself if you're inclined to, right? Like, I don't think there's any harm if you're just choosing to do the antibiotics. That's what's recommended. The problem is that we know that 70%, percent of all antibiotics in the United States are overprescribed. They're misprescribed. And the reasons mm-hmm. are very well defined. Doctors are afraid not to because they don't want, the, you know, they don't want the emotional consequence of something horrible happening, but also the legal consequence. So I think a lot of it comes down to legal consequences. Yeah, huh? They don't know the alternatives to recommend. So they mm-hmm. just recommend what they've been taught. They don't know, uh, they want to relieve suffering. And so- that's what they recommend, or the parent asks for it. And so they want to mm. give the parent something. So with any different condition, I think it's really important to just say, one, how serious is this? How much is it affecting my child or myself? And how much bandwidth do I have to, mm. to dig into and do the alternatives? If it's really serious and it's really affecting someone in a, like, a significantly negative way right now, just do the recommended thing. Mm. But if you have, or if you just don't have the bandwidth, like I get that. If you just don't have the bandwidth, you just like, you're overwhelmed. You're, you know, you're a new mom, you're whatever it is. But from a, from a like bigger perspective, looking at antibiotic overuse and how that breeds antibiotic resistance and environmental issues with antibiotics that we're all getting in the water, like literally because of overuse and and antibiotic scarcity because of overuse leading to resistance, anything we can do to not use an antibiotic when it's not absolutely indicated is great. So I think looking at, you know, 
Are there alternatives for this? And then always asking your providing, your provider, whether it's your doctor, your nurse practitioner, whomever, PA, is there something else I can do? Like, is this urgent? And do I have to treat it with this right now? Or is there like, can I watch and wait for three days and try some alternatives mm-hmm. for three days? And then again, if you have the bandwidth, the resources. Like a three-day rule. Yeah. That seems safe. Like, all right, I'm going to try these things topically, whatever, for three days. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, look, if I have a patient who's got like a recurrent staph infection, I go full force on yeah. the antibiotics, the piercing in the nose, the whole thing. That's what And I'm also what, supporting yeah. their microbiome and, you know, all of that too. So- I think there's no right, particularly like right or wrong answer in a lot of situations. There's kind of this gray zone. And when we can lean into natural, I'm doing air quotes if people aren't watching. <laughs> if we can lean into natural when possible, not for the sake of like, oh, I'm a natural mama, but for the sake of like antibiotic overuse and environmental issues and microbiome issues, that's great. But I think we have to not beat ourselves up because we do have a huge amount of resilience as human beings, including in our microbiome. So I always say it's mother nature's grace. She wants to grow back. Yes. When you see like a little green leaf out of the concrete, I always liken my microbiome to those moments. Totally. And we know it does that with like (laughs) breastfeeding and healthy diet and Mm -hmm. all the things it does grow back. So yes. Okay, good. Okay. So back to PCOS. What are, if you, if someone is diagnosed, Mm What are you, what are you suggesting are the treatments? Yeah. So it totally depends. I had one of my patients came to me at the beginning of the pandemic. She was a new patient coming in. We were like maybe three or four months into the pandemic. So, you know, we were all still completely freaked out, isolating, had no idea, like we were going to live or die kind of like moments. (laughs) Right. And her dad actually had a stroke Mm. and she had to move back to another state to be closer to her parents. But she, because of the pandemic, it was pre-vaccine, her dad was sick. She didn't want to like live in their house. So she rented an apartment or a house with three other women. And it was the pandemic, you know, they were drinking every night. They were eating takeout food every day. They Mm -hmm. were like having more sugar and stress and all the things. And she was just like, my acne is out of control. And I've gained 50 pounds and I'm so uncomfortable and my cycle's all over the place. She's like, would you be willing to just, she's like, I know you're more like integrative, but how do you feel about me doing the birth control pill? And I was like, this is your body. That is a totally reasonable option. She's like, I just don't have the bandwidth to try to do all these dietary changes and living in a house with everyone drinking and eating pizza and ice cream every day. I'm like, you have to honor that. So I put her on, I don't remember which one I picked, but I picked a birth control pill that was mostly progesterone based. That was a progesterone that doesn't convert easily to, to testosterone because some birth control, when it does, it can make the symptoms worse. And she was so happy. It was like, mm. thank you. And she felt supported. Whereas if she weren't in that situation, I would have worked, you know, unless she wanted that, I would have worked initially with diet, stress reduction. And with diet, I usually start with kind of, I don't love the term elimination diet. I think when I say it, everybody knows what it is. So it's a simple, you know, tool for communicating, but like pulling out foods that are non-foods. So sugars, sodas, empty carbs, not good quality fats, all those things. And just getting her on a really 
kind of Mediterranean style whole foods diet. And I say Mediterranean style very intentionally because we do know from so many studies now, Mm -hmm. good quality studies that the Mediterranean style of eating is one of the best ways we can reverse insulin resistance. So for people who have insulin resistance driven PCOS, that can really help. Even if- Are carbs included in that? Dominic and I always have this argument. Yeah. And we'll circle back around to carbs in a sec. Okay. And I just want to emphasize that even people who have adrenally driven PCOS, like the stress component or the adrenal component is bigger. You can still thrive from this. You can still thrive from it because it helps to reduce stress. We've seen that. It helps reset the stress response and the HPA axis. But it also, those people, because of high cortisol, often end up with the blood sugar problems too. So it's a win-win. And so with, I'm- total fan of people getting healthy carbs in their diet. One of my favorite quotes is Sophia Loren. You'll appreciate this. Sophia Loren saying everything I have, and she may even kind of like allude to her, her chest at this point, everything (laughs) I have, I owe to pasta. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that healthy carbs in the diet. I lost 10 pounds in Italy. You did? What? what I couldn't believe it. Walking? No, everyone was like, you must've been walking. And I was like, no, I was on vacation. I rolled out of bed. I got on a boat. The boat took me to the beach and I laid on the beach. I, and then someone told me, oh, you must've been less stressed. And we did have a lot of work stress on the trip because, you know, we work doesn't stop. Yeah. It was the quality of the food. Yeah. There's just vacation. I mean, actually taking, even though you're on vacation, like work and workcations are, you still build totally. down. Still, I have a patient right now who's, she's a night shift worker as a nurse. And she's got just like a whole range of very stressful symptoms. And she went home for vacation to her parents' house recently for two weeks. And she was like, my symptoms went away. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with diet, I lean into a Mediterranean style diet. With PCOS, it's interesting you know, it's, as I mentioned, one in eight women have this condition, but it's still so understudied mm-hmm. as are so many women's conditions, but there have I was been, to say so many women's conditions. Yeah. <laughs> there have been some studies showing that specifically for women with PCOS, reducing the amount of carbs and increasing the amount of protein and good quality fats, but especially protein. So not no carbs, And not even low carbs per se, as a lot of people think about, but moderate carbs. So having, you know, some quinoa, which is really as much of a seed as it is a grain with your lunch, with some nice salmon and a big salad or veggies, and then a sweet potato or, you know, a piece of squash or something like that for dinner is totally fine. But making sure to increase the overall amount of protein to more than you might usually eat. So you don't have to necessarily get as much as if you were pregnant, but even thinking like in terms of 60 grams of protein a day and Mm -hmm. trying that for a few months to see if that doesn't help reset some of those parameters for you. And then the other thing is, I think, well, two other things, I think nourishing your microbiome and the best way to do that is by eating just a wide variety of fruits and vegetables and getting plenty of fiber and whole grains and legumes. I mean, we know that legumes are just such an important part of resetting insulin. And there's so much misinformation about grains and legumes. The whole Steve Gundry lectin thing is so 
No. Not true. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Because it's a damn scam. You know that. I know that. Don't let these greedy companies pocket your money. Download Rocket Money to take control of your subscriptions. Do you know how many subscriptions you have? I didn't. And I had a lot of them. And you think it's about, you know, maybe 80 bucks a month, but it's closer to 200. So that's why you need Rocket Money because they help you manage and cancel subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about with just a quick tap. And if this sounds familiar, it does. That's because you've heard about me talking about this before with an app called Truebill. But Truebill is now backed by Rocket companies and they changed their name to Rocket Money. Why? Well, for one, Truebill has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average $700 a year. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything you loved about Truebill, but with a fresh look and feel. Start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at rocketmoney.com slash Pia. That's rocketmoney.com slash Pia or download the app from the Apple Store or Google Play Store. Since 2020, two out of three people report feeling extreme stress. And this is having a negative impact on our immune, digestive, respiratory, and cardiovascular systems. It can have huge impact on our cognitive and mental health. And that is why I'm going to suggest what we now know that can be extremely helpful, which is a supplement that I take every day called Just Calm. It's a breakthrough new stress and mood support formula from Just Thrive, which is, yes, the same Just Thrive that produces my favorite probiotic, And we have a whole episode about that you should check out. But here's what makes Just Calm so radically different. It's the first retail available supplement to feature the proprietary psychobiotic strain known as BL1714. Psychobiotics are a new class of products that utilize beneficial bacteria to support your best mood, your cognition, your emotional health. And it is the most heavily researched and scientifically verified strain available. Numerous studies have shown that BL1714 can be an absolute powerhouse to fight your mental well-being because it quickly promotes a healthy response to everyday stress, encourages a steady, serene, and balanced mood. It drives mental clarity, focus, and alertness, and it even supports great energy and optimal sleep. It's unbelievable. It's incredibly helpful, and I'm really excited that we are able to give you a discount code on this. If you want to feel your best, it's 15% off for this dynamic duo bundle, if you want to get the probiotic and Just Calm or any of their other scientifically proven products, when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code PIA at checkout, that's justthrivehealth.com slash discount slash PIA or code PIA at checkout for 15% off. With Just Calm, you'll have the power to take on the day feeling cool, collected, and in control. I was so keto for so long. Yeah. And now I eat such a wide variety of foods and I've never felt better and had less guilt. And I feel so high functioning. Yeah. Because I'm having all the things I'm supposed to. I love that. What what made you comfortable or choose to switch from? You know, it's funny. I had a, another woman on the podcast recently and we were talking about food and she and and I was like, what are you eating today? And she was like, you know, I'll have like a sandwich with like tons of veggies for lunch. And I was like, 
a sandwich? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Like, and I got choked up. I almost started crying. I mean, I was tearing up because I was like, I'm so scared of bread. Yeah. And then when I went to Italy and we go, you know, often because he's from there. But this trip really postpartum in the middle of this PCOS journey of trying to lose, you know, I gained 60 pounds of the pregnancy. It was coming off so slowly yeah. where all my friends had just bounced back in like six months. And here I am a year later and I'm still, you know, it was just really frustrating. And then all this weight fell off. And I was like, I'm, do- I'm doing I'm just doing too much. I'm overthinking it. I'm avoiding things. I'm scared of food. I'm tired of being scared of things. And so I now make sure I have tons of protein, but my lunches, especially I throw in a lentil, I throw in a black bean, throw in a sweet potato. We even have some of that Ezekiel sprouted grain bread. I'll eat, I'll make like an open face sandwich with like a piece of bread because I'm, I'm like, I can't live this life where I'm scared. And then we are olive oil partners. The Azaros make ancient grain pasta. Mm. That is a grain that has never been touched, mm-hmm. never been touched. And if we eat that, I eat that joyfully. Yep. And I don't carry the guilt of eating the pasta. And I know that I'm eating something that my body understands. And the way that the Italians are partners are so cute. Like, they came into town like after I'd had the baby and they made pasta. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to have any. And he was like, Bia, this helps you. <laughs> he was like, if you have this, every, if a small portion, not American size, but if you have a little bit of this pasta every day at lunch, it resets your stomach. He's like, this is God's food. <laughs> like, oh, wow. what are you doing? I love that. And it just, I, I just went like, oh, like, what have I been doing wrong? You yeah. know? Well, and that so restrictive now, mentality, right? And and then also like when we're restricting so much, that sends like you were saying earlier when you were a kid or a teenager, and you would get those blood sugar drops, and your brain is you're like, I need sugar, I need sugar, I need sugar, because your brain is registering like DefCon four or whatever the <laughs> DefCon is. Like, okay, gotta mm-hmm. eat, I gotta eat, because your brain needs that glucose to like think and focus. Mm-hmm. And so when we're restricting so much, we're actually triggering a very ancient phenomenon of famine brain. That's what I've realized. I was making my body think it was struggling. Totally. And then what happens is I always think about like, like if, if you were in ancient Egypt and there were like pharaohs and granaries and like, like there is a prophecy that there's a famine coming, what are Mm -hmm. they going to do? They're going to store everything in the granary, right? Like there's going to hoard grain. And our brain does the same thing. Like if you are in a famine brain, your body is going, okay, we need to store energy because there might not be any food coming. So if you're restricting Mm -hmm. all the time, it actually sets in motion a tripwire that basically makes you hold on to weight, which is not what you're necessarily trying to do. No. And for years I skipped breakfast. I didn't eat till two. I didn't eat a carb. I was doing berries five days a week. You know, I was thinking I was being healthy. And then I realized that I was doing everything (laughs) to make my body scared. And now I think too, right. As someone who has PCOS, my, my goal on a daily basis is to make sure I'm managing, managing my cortisol. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think about that in terms of being scared of food. Yeah. 
Like if I have a bite of dessert with friends or if I eat some, you know, if I go out and have a, a big meal, you know, a bite of a burger or whatever, and I get in the car and I'm thinking, shit, why did I do that? I've been working so hard and working out and da, 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 da. I'm just spite. I'm just doing it to myself mm-hmm. instead of being like, what a great time I had. I'm so grateful for that meal. I love my joyful life with my friends. How lucky am I? I am constantly switching that narrative and that's like lifted so much from me. And that narrative I think is so hardwired. It's just baked into us. I mean, I don't really know very many women at all in my personal life, in myself, in my medical practice that I encounter at conferences online, anywhere that doesn't have some amount of disordered eating or confused or dysregulated relationship to food where we can't eat without at least the calorie thought crossing our mind or should I have Mm -hmm. eaten that crossing my mind? And I think that it, you know, as much as we can start to tap into more intrinsic information and really go, okay, is this making me feel good? Is this making me happy? And also recognize like, yeah, there may be some benefits to intermittent fasting. There may be benefits to keto for some people. There may be benefits to all these different things, but one, most of the people who are originating those diets are men. Women catch on and start promoting it too, but mostly it's men or like women who are into biohacking, which to me is a very male concept just to say. And two, it doesn't mean it's right for you and your body. And that's a really important piece, I think, for all of us to remember. And it doesn't mean like you can't try it for a minute, but just see how you feel and know that maybe some of these long-term, I think anything extreme, honestly, is not how we're meant. My sister's postmenopausal and fasting and keto has made her so joy-filled. She has so much energy. It totally works for her. But I think myself and most of our listeners are struggling with infertility. They're struggling with PCOS. And I don't think skipping breakfast is really doing No, it's like a whole different, I'm so I'm 56. I am solidly menopausal now. And it's like all the things that I did before are different for me now too. Mm -hmm. So it really is where are we in this different phase of our life and what do we need right now? And postpartum is its own phase. That is, it's a couple of years really. Mm-hmm. And pregnancy is a phase and men- perimenopause is a phase. Menopause is a phase and our needs really shift. I mean, I know so many perimenopausal and menopausal women who are like, I cannot, cannot tolerate any alcohol where they drank with impunity in their 20s and 30s mm. and maybe earlier. And there's like, no, it like affects my sleep. I feel like crap the next day. I'm depressed. Mm. I'm irritable. This is like none. Or- women who are like, I never intermittent fasted in my life and it has just been the best thing for me. Or they used to eat grains really easily and now just feel better with less. So this again, like what do we need now without so many external rules or fads? And, you know, I just keep, and, and I'm not saying this because you have a Mediterranean origin. I mean, that Mediterranean style diet, it is the only way of eating and I'd prefer to call it Mediterranean way of eating. Diet is such a loaded word. Mm-hmm. But that Mediterranean way of eating is the only studied way of eating that consistently for everything, preventing and even offsetting cognitive decline, depression, anxiety, blood sugar problems, 
full-on diabetes, cholesterol problems, PCOS. It's like on and on. And wow. On. Yeah. Fertility. Dairy, dairy is included in this diet, right? It is. So the traditional Mediterranean diet has fairly, uh, you know, abundant amounts of fish. Most people are somewhere coastal there anyway. So it makes sense to have daily or frequent fish. Chicken and red meat tend to be much more infrequent and tend to be in smaller amounts, more like a complement or condiment amount than like oh. a giant, you know, piece. But if you have PCOS, we want to amp up the protein. Yep. So yeah, though, right? eggs, fish, eggs and fish are probably the best because you get those nice inositols, you get choline you, and from the fish, you get that. So great we need quality. inositol a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like, okay. Yeah, that I mean, I is take one supplement. supplement. So I, I take the par yeah. parallel makes a good. It's inositol, ovisitol, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. and berberine. Ah, yeah, and berberine is another supplement I use. So you're bringing up great ones. So probably the three things I turn to most often with my my PCOS clients or patients are inositol and berberine. And then I usually include vitamin D, especially <clears throat> I'll test. And if they're low in vitamin D, just because vitamin D is important for blood sugar and, uh, and metabolism. And then I make sure they're getting a multivitamin just so that they're getting all the trace nutrients that support healthy hormones, healthy metabolism. But berberine is great for insulin resistance and blood sugar. Now, I take it with every meal now. It's great. I mean, the question is, you know, do people who have like a primarily adrenal perspective, like picture need mm -hmm. it, but there's really no way to test for that. And so, and, and I just want to say a word about insulin resistance too, because PCOS is a very well-established, it's a real medical metabolic hormonal inflammatory condition. It's a combination of conditions going on or like things going on, but there aren't necessarily labs that prove that you have PCOS. So you can get lab tests. And if your testosterone is high and your FASH LH levels are not normal, or you have a high hemoglobin A1C, or you have insulin resistance, that's, that does suggest that you have PCOS. All of those can be totally normal and you can have PCOS. <laughs> and the reason is, is that women with PCOS may, it's not just that they may have insulin resistance or high testosterone, it's that they may be much more sensitive at a much lower level mm. to those problems. So you could have normal testosterone. It's like, somebody who's allergic to bees gets a bee sting and they have an allergic reaction when somebody else who's not can get what it, mm -hmm. three bee stings and be fine. It's just you're more sensitive to the testosterone at a level that still looks like it's normal on labs. So you can't discount it based on that. That's why the clinical like symptom picture is so important. But yeah, so berberine is great. Inositol, phenomenal. And the vitamin D, if you're low in a multivitamin, sort of like my core go to. There are some other things. There is a Chinese herbal formula that's peony and licorice combination that some women may benefit from. I don't start with that usually. And then adaptogens, interestingly, may be helpful for some women because the adaptogens help with the stress response, yep. immune response, 
and the blood sugar response. So they're regular. Lime juices, super you is so good for that. I take that every day. Yeah. You know, it's a nice product, actually. Amanda at some point sent me some bottles of it and then they have a super hair. Which, super hair is fantastic. Yeah. I've heard some really good results for women with PCOS with that. So mm-hmm. it's a multi and then it all, that's like a side effect is the yeah, skin and nails. Exactly. And you could use Nutrafol for that. You can use just any vitamin for that. And you can use any brand of the um, the inositols that's that's blended, like the uh, Ovisol. I like the parallel one because it's all three of them in, and it has alpha lipoic acid. So yeah. it's like all three in ones. Where yeah. before I was just like mixing the powder, and then I yeah. was reminding this, and it was it just got complicated for me, especially when. We travel. Yeah. What are your thoughts on metformin? I think metformin can be really helpful and effective. I'm on metformin um, right so now. So metformin is kind of an interesting pharmaceutical in that, um, yes, it can have some undesired effects, but they're very infrequent. But not only does it help lower blood sugar and improve blood sugar insulin resistance balance, it's actually anti-inflammatory. That's what so that may be part of why it's working is as an anti-inflammatory. Spironolactone for acne and hair has mixed results and mixed data. So if someone is really struggling with hair loss, unwanted hair and or acne, uh, I may try it. You know, if it's just like either sometimes it's like someone is just so symptomatic and so desperate when they come to me that it's like, let's do this. Yeah. For six months while you're learning to make the food changes and the lifestyle changes and do all the things. Sometimes when we're just someone is like so overwhelmed by all options. I love that you do but, that because just to say we're going to wait this out and you just need to fix your diet, that's almost worse. Let's no. just fix it for you so you can function and get there. Exactly. And then if it's working for you, great. I mean, these are generally pretty good profile medications. These aren't like steroids or antibiotics or bigger things that are having a sort of more disruptive impact. They can be pretty well tolerated. So it's so important, I think, just to step out of our stories of what we Mm -hmm. think we can and can't or should or shouldn't do and to try to take an approach that gives us the most ease and peace too. It doesn't mean we don't have to work for it, right? Totally. Sometimes giving ourselves a break, especially when Either you've been struggling for symptoms for years and you're just exhausted and overwhelmed by it, or you've been trying to get a diagnosis or you're overwhelmed and scared by the diagnosis. And I want to say that too, that a lot of women who first, like they may be listening and going, oh my God, I have PCOS. I'm hearing all these things. This is what I have. And they go online and they read about it and they just read all these horrible things that like you know, fertility problems and diabetes and da, 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 da. And it's like, you don't have to have that happen either. All these things that we're talking about can bring you back from that precipice. And I feel like this is the protocol that I've been on is like the easiest one. I've, this is way easier than any like weird other diet fad that I did yeah. when I was younger, you know, like and not doing crazy workouts to not spike my cortisol. Like yep. going on walks is great. I do weights. I do bar classes. This is if I don't work out, I'm like, I'm totally fine. No big deal. Yeah. It's, it's been, this has been the most healthy from all perspectives that I feel I like I've that. been in a long time, which is really nice. I think I also for, take progesterone. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Cause my progesterone's extremely low and I wow. haven't, I need to go get some like new labs done 
but I take progesterone like the two weeks before my period. And um, my not period to be too personal, is, but no, are you, are you still breastfeeding too? No, I had okay. to st- I stopped early with work. I thought you did. I couldn't remember. I thought I read that. I didn't want to, but it was um, too much to manage. Yeah. So, so for those of you who are breastfeeding, that can suppress your estrogen and progesterone. And if you're not ovulating, your estrogen is going to be low. So in my practice, I always try to do everything I can to get someone ovulating and hope that that brings their progesterone levels up. Sometimes I use an herb called Vitex or Chasteberry because that- I take that when I'm trying to get pregnant. Yeah, great. It stimulates <laughs> ovulation and it can help mm-hmm. increase progesterone levels. But low progesterone can make you feel awful. I mean, it can make you irritable and not sleep well just affects everything. So I think if you need it, great. I wonder if I should take Vitex Berry instead of the progesterone. You can wean off. So you can actually start to add in the Vitex, get to a steady dose of Vitex. It shouldn't make your progesterone go too high and then start to come down a little bit on your progesterone so that you're not off it all the way. And then like give it three months and remeasure your levels. And then you can see if it's working for you. Local Eclectic is a woman-founded, woman-run online jewelry store based in Chicago that carries unique jewelry from independent designers all over the world. They've worked with over 80 designers over the years to empower other women entrepreneurs and support their small businesses. And with so much variety, there is truly a piece of jewelry to fit every style and every occasion from delicate, solid gold pieces you'll never take off to the perfect statement earring that will complete your summer wedding guest look. Cause I know you have a million weddings this summer. I partnered with Local Eclectic to curate a surprise box. The surprise box is one of their most loved customer favorites. I was so excited to do this. I hand-selected a variety of products. I feel exactly like my style. And the best part is it's only $69. This is very limited edition. So hurry up. You just go to localeclectic.com slash Pia to grab yours. Each box has a ring, a necklace, and a set of earrings. Everything is so cute. You can see it all on my Instagram. Also, Local Eclectic is exclusively offering Everything is the Best listeners 15% off your first purchase with code BEST. This is through September 30th. This is their best discount available, so take advantage of it while you can. Again, that is code BEST for 15% off your first order at Local Eclectic. That is L-O-C-A-L-E-C-E-E-C-T-I-C.com. Parallel is the first and only OBGYN-founded women's vitamin offering targeted nutrition for each unique stage of womanhood. They have vitamin packs for anyone trying to conceive, each individual trimester of pregnancy because baby and mom need different nutrients throughout each stage, postpartum and early motherhood. And best of all, they have amazing vitamin bundle that's made for all women, not just pregnancy. Plus, and you know I love this more than anything, for anyone else managing PCOS, their PCOS support product helps maintain hormonal balance, mood, regular menstrual cycles, and promotes healthy ovarian function. Each product is meticulously formulated by their founding team of world-class doctors, including notable OBGYNs, widely published maternal fetal medicine doctors, award-winning endocrinologists in partnership, which is, this is like the coolest part, with functional medicine doctors, nutritionists, and doulas. So it's really the first moment where both Eastern and Western medicine practitioners have come together to agree on this fabulous supplement. I've been taking the mom multi since my daughter was born and I love it. But now that Davide and I are 
on our journey to try for baby number two, I switched to taking their conception support pack, which bundles all the nutrients I need to prep my body for pregnancy exclusively for everything is the best listeners. Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months of parallel with code best 15. So head to parallel.co that is co.com and that's parallel P E R E L E L. And if you don't love it, just cancel any time with a 30 day money back guarantee. I was put on the progesterone because of something that I also posted about the other day and got an overwhelming amount of responses to which is that my period is, and this one was actually the one I, this today is my like very, very last day was the most manageable I've had a long time, but it's like blood to my ankles and a lot of clots. Yeah. How, when was the last period? Like how long? It ended like to, like today's technically my last day. But I mean like, day. so how many days between? Oh, it's four. And then it's 28 days. How many days? It was four weeks. This was 31 days, which mm-hmm. was a little bit. Yeah. So sometimes a longer period, what happens is your estrogen is building up your lining for longer. So that's why a lot of women who have PCOS, especially if they don't get a period for a couple of few months, when they do, it's just like the great flood. So how are we supposed to like manage this thick? Cause I I had to go to the emergency room one night for it. Cause I thought I was, I mean, I thought something was wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, I woke up in the middle of the night, my husband and I were like, am I dying? Like this is unmanageable. And I went to the ER and they just diagnosed me with heavy bleeding and mm-hmm. gave me progesterone. Mm-hmm. And he did an ultrasound and he was like, oh yeah, your uterine lining is just, it just all needs to shed. It's so thick. And so I'm yeah. like, how, how do we, how do you, thin your uterine lining. <laughs> like, yeah. What? So, um, there are so many reasons we can have yeah. higher estrogen levels and it can be environmental endocrine disruptors that, you know, we're getting exposed to just in, in the world. I would say usually in my practice, what I do is work on getting a lot of leafy greens in the diet. I could a not lot eat of fiber. You can so eat more. many vegetables. It's and like I had a- fiber and um, just supporting um, elimination, making sure that you're eliminating really well because yeah. that's where that estrogen sometimes builds up. Chia and fiber it, is really something I, or chia and flax seeds are something I try to make sure I'm having all the time. Yeah, What's your favorite form of fiber? I mean, I eat tons of greens and salads and like lots and lots and lots of kale and broccoli and all the things. So that's probably my favorite form. I also really love apples and carrots, sweet potatoes. I'm kind of a veggie geek. Like I love veggie. I am too. So I eat that, but you know what? I also notice like, it's so funny. I never have done this before, but my really good girlfriend, she, she's my age and she's like, I, okay. So she went on this hike to to like Iceland for two weeks with a girlfriend and her girlfriend had shown up just like, she said she was glowing and da da da. She's like, well, what did you do? She said, I did this five day juice fast. So my girlfriend came back, she lives here and she's like, do you want to do a five day juice fast? And then she told me about the juice fast and it's like buying these juices. So you're drinking like six juices a day. And I was like, I am so not buying six plastic containers for five. I'm not doing like 30 days of plastic. (laughs) And I was like, I couldn't make myself do it. So I'm like, okay, but I'll do it with you. And I made the juices for five days. It was really fun. It was like, there were moments that were hard, but it was, mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend this for like, I just did it as a fun experiment with my friend. 
But what was really interesting is my usual daily elimination basically went down to nothing. Like I just oh, yeah, wasn't getting eating. fiber. And then what was really interesting is it took a few days to like get my digestion going back again. And what really did it was eating a nice big brown rice bowl with veggies and tahini and some, some I think I can't remember if I did kimchi or sauerkraut. But I have noticed that when I get more grains in my diet, like good whole grains, and when I get good fats in my diet, my elimination is always better. And those are some of the things that people, I think, tend to restrict out. Oh, when I was keto forever, I never went to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, it's all And then we'd go to Italy and I would eat other things and I would be like, oh my God. Right. Like, so I find that like using my digestion and elimination is partly a guide to mm-hmm. how what I'm eating is, but it was so interesting. Like you think you're doing this like five day thing and you're like, Oh, it's all healthy. And then I'm like, okay, but I'm, I'm not pooping. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm peeing a lot, a lot. <laughs> I have to tell you, your book is so helpful. I was going through it last night to try to and I, I was like, maybe I should do, you know, the reset. Like, I, the only thing that scared me is that I have a little, you know, I've been, I eat like little bits of dairy. Like I mm-hmm. had a little bit of goat cheese in, with my eggs and kale this morning. And Oh yeah, I, we were talking about dairy earlier. Yeah, I eat because, dairy too. Um, because I realized that I was using a lot of dairy alternatives. Yeah. And I, and I was over consuming, overly processed nut alternatives for things when I was like, I should just have a drop of real organic whole milk in my coffee instead of, or a little bit of stabilizer, which people in Greece have been doing for, or Israel or Middle East. Absolutely. Like a million zillion years. Yes. You know, when you look at, it's really interesting. I don't know if you've read Dan Buettner's books, the, his blue Mm -hmm. zone book. So we have it. I need to read it. It's really good because it's so liberating. I think so. Dan Buettner, he was a National Geographic research um, writer, and he got into studying what he ultimately called the blue zones. And these are areas of the world where people typically live to like nonogenarian and centogenarian age. So they're living into their 90s and 100s, but they're not just living into them. Like they're still having sex and balancing their bank account and walking their goats (laughs) to market on Saturday for sale. And like they're doing all the things, living healthy like they have a long lifespan, but a long health span. And so of course it's like, well, what are they doing? And you look at the people who are like in Italy and Greece, they're eating bread and cheese and wine pretty much every day. If they have meat, it's like in a soup um, with pieces of meat. They're not like sitting down and eating an 18 ounce porterhouse steak or like a half a pressed chicken, you know, like grilled. And they're walking a lot. They're spending a lot of time outside, but their food is very local. But, you know, like you could have a 90 year old sheep farmer who walks six miles with his little sack of food. And it's like a hunk of cheese, a hunk of bread, a little flask of wine, all the things that we would be like, no, no, no. (laughs) And then you look at like the people in Costa Rica who are doing the same thing and they're eating like Casada every day. They're eating like rice and beans and some cooked veggies and maybe some avocado. You look at the Seventh day Adventist, like you can look, and none of these people, none of these people are eating like a wellness restrictive diet. No, 
that. And a lot of them include small amounts of dairy. Even interesting, like the guy who created Danon yogurt, which I'm not endorsing Danon yogurt in any way, but he was a physician and he lived to 104. And his whole thing was the importance of cultured food in the diet. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a French Frenchman. Well, whoever took that over really led that astray. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like the sugar grams the of sugar. <laughs> yes, um, but I, I think that it's so there. About fifty percent of people, statistically, if you look at studies that have been done, experience some inflammation from eating dairy, and yeah. there are a lot of people who just wholesale. A lot of people of Jewish descent, African descent, and Asian descent, uh, particularly Asian, like Chinese, Korean, Japanese, not so much Indian descent, but who can't tolerate dairy, just have lactose intolerance. And so probably are best not eating it or maybe take enzymes that help you if you really want it. But it can be really a healthful part of the diet. And it's also simple and easy. So you know, if you do get a little cottage cheese with some veggies or fruit for lunch and it's organic and it's got maybe, you know, probiotic rich, that's quick and easy. You don't have to work so hard to think about it. But the important thing is, are you, not you, Pia, but like as an individual, are you tolerating it? You know, mm -hmm. do you feel well after it? Like I've noticed since menopause, for whatever reason, if I have dairy, not like if I have just like a little Parmesan, but if I have like yogurt, I feel really emotional and irritable. Like for whatever reason, it's just not, I'm paying attention. It's just not really working for me. So again, you know, if somebody's eating it and then they're rushing to the bathroom with diarrhea, probably not good. Yeah, or not good. if it makes you constipated, not good. Same with gluten. I don't think most people need to be gluten-free, but you know, like dairy, it does need to be organic. With gluten, ideally it's grain, it's ancient grain or sourdough. But interesting study showed uh, that came out like in the last couple of years that even people with celiac, if they're eating sourdough, they're not reactive to it in the same way. Someone asked me the other day because I fed Carmela a gluten-free waffle and someone was like, is she gluten-free? And I said, no, we, I, you know, this was a pre, this was a buckwheat mix. Yeah. Buckwheat is wonderful. I made it for her food. It was easy, but I'm. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take her if she's with friends or if we're at a birthday party, I'm not going to say you can't eat that burger or you can't have, you know, whatever. Yeah. If someone but, has celiac, then definitely they need to. But for the rest of us. No, but I said, for the most part, we focus on sprouted Ezekiel bread, ancient green and sourdough. And I just feel like those are things that like, it's not like I'm getting like a a, a wonder bread slice, yeah. which really isn't doing anything, but spiking blood sugar. Okay. So you I'm mentioned buckwheat. Let's talk about buckwheat because I think buckwheat has a special place in the food pantry of people with PCOS. Oh, tell me. So buckwheat, interestingly, even though it's called buckwheat, it's not wheat at all. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a seed and it's like a very ancient grain mm -hmm. and, but it's actually a seed. So if you're not even eating grain or you are gluten-free, you can eat buckwheat. But buckwheat, interestingly, helps with insulin resistance. It's one of Amazing. the- Amazing. Yeah. So if you can get buckwheat in I'm your diet- accidentally like, eating something that's wonderful for me. Yeah. You can do buckwheat flour and buckwheat pancakes. You can do muffins. You can do buckwheat noodles that you have- to, If you are gluten-free, you have to watch out because some of the 
buckwheat, like this, the the sobas are part wheat, part buckwheat. And mm. I love buckwheat just as like a breakfast cereal where we saute little onions and Napa cabbage till they're soft in a little olive oil and then stir in the dried buckwheat the and then to roast it a little bit and then just add water and let it simmer a little until the buckwheat is soft and then turn it off and just let it sit and it kind of gets a little fluffy and oh my gosh it's great for any meal amazing Um, it's not very pretty i don't think buckwheat's kind (laughs) of brown and icky colored and always looks kind of like a paper bag in your food i don't know it's just not appealing it's kind of ground brownish gray um so it's not pretty but it's so nutty flavored and great so we do that and then we pour tahini over it and it's oh so good my girlfriend's coming over tomorrow and she's like can you bring one of your pia plates and i was like what's that and she's like oh you don't know we all call <laughs> the food you post a pia plate and i was like describe a pia plate she's like it's either like a rice or like some sort of like grainy thing or maybe it's like a lentil or a bean and then there's like multiple different kinds of vegetables and then some sort of like tahini dressing and always a sauerkraut. <laughs> I call it goddess bowl. That's like our three meals. I know, and it's what that. you always, and I was like, I've been listening to yeah. like the right women because I'm now putting yeah. together these like perfectly. I love that. The satiating little bowl. We should do like an Instagram challenge kind of funny thing, fun thing where like we get a bunch of us and we each post what our, I call it my goddess bowl. But like the first thing I went to, when I was so ready to break that fast with my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so ready. And my husband made dinner for me that night and he made the goddess bowl with, um, we did brown rice. We did long grain brown rice and just like steamed veggies. And he made some grilled cedar plank salmon for me. And then I did did sauerkraut that first time, but I might've done kimchi. And it was like, every bite was (laughs) good. I was like, I need to get a room with this plate. (laughs) Okay, I have like a really random last question. Okay. Basmati rice versus brown rice. Now now yeah. people are telling me that basmati rice is actually more nutritionally dense and maybe better for insulin than brown rice. So interestingly, I don't know that it's, it is or isn't better for insulin. I can't answer that. But basmati rice, you can get like polished white basmati rice. Like you can get polished white rice, but you can also get whole grain basmati rice. Like Lundberg makes it. Yeah. It, so delicious. It cooks quickly. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. And and you don't have to eat it with just Indian style food. It's so yummy. I add it to salads. Oh, it's so good. I'll add yeah. it. I'll do like that with some cucumber and like mm. sesame oil and aminos if I'm in a pinch or something. But I mean, really, mm-hmm. this is to say that I'm eat that I eat some rice at lunch. I mean, to tell you that like Pia two years ago would be like, what are you doing? Because yeah. that sounded crazy to me to integrate like a grain into my diet. And, and I really, I just, besides the fact that I have a very like PCOS tummy, you know, like I have like my little cortisol tummy, you know what I say to Davide now when he makes me stressed out because he's so (laughs) damn emotional and volatile and I, and he'll have a panic about something and I'll look at him and I'll say, you are not going to spike my cortisol because, (laughs) because cortisol uses progesterone and you are making my hormones unbalanced. And in two months, we need to start trying for a baby. And I would like to get pregnant again. (laughs) You're not doing this to me. And he's like, what kind of manipulative shit is this? (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. You know what? It's really true. Last year, after my book came out, I did not have PCOS, but I was definitely in a state of like, 
I actually said to my husband, if I don't hit pause for a sabbatical, I'm going to become the story of one of my patients who comes to me with like months and months and months and months and months of stress. And now they have like thyroid problems. Become a hypocrite. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to get sick. And so I really hit pause. But what I noticed in hitting pause and I was able to take like six weeks. We went to Costa Rica for two weeks. I read books. I watched Netflix. I worked out. Like (laughs) I didn't even like work out. I just like stretched or danced or like walked total chill. And what started to happen was I very quickly started to notice when I was getting amped up and it was like, I just was able to tamp it down a lot, like not go there a lot faster. So I would do the same thing to my house. And I was like, "Mm, not going there, like not going there. And it was really isn't that fascinating? Game changer. Yeah. It was a reset. It's, I do it with work now too, where an email used to make me spiral and I'm like, yeah. Okay. Before we go, I just want to say, because we haven't really talked about what to do if you do get a sugar craving or a carb. Mm. Oh yeah, please. So I want to say dark chocolate is fair game. Oh, I have so After much you. hum chocolate here you or who, know. sorry, the who chocolate. Yeah, that's another. It's a good one. I know I got an email from, what was it? One of the uh, uh, Alter Eco recently. And they were like, do you know our chocolates? And I'm like, I actually happen to have some in my pantry, but you can send me some. And they sent me this care package of like two things of their truffles and eight things of their chocolates. I was like, okay, now this is where I like being. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love dark chocolate. Dark chocolate is fair game. If you're wanting something more carby, I know this is going to sound so lame, but like, honestly, sometimes a sweet potato or half a sweet potato can be really satisfying and just sprinkle mm-hmm. some cinnamon on it. That made my mouth water actually. <laughs> but also even like talking about grain, you can do a really lovely millet instead of like rice pudding, like a millet with some raisins cooked into it and some mm. almond butter, or you can do a nice whole grain rice pudding with a little almond butter stirred into it and some cardamom and a little coconut. Or if you really need something, something, I actually have this section in the book, which is like, if you're wanting something ooey gooey, if you're wanting mm. something crunchy. Um, you have such good recipes. Oh, thanks. Find Just find a few things that you can have on hand easily and recognize that it's just, it's not you being out of control. It's just a symptom. And also sometimes we just want a little something sweet and that's. Dates don't okay. spike insulin, do they? You know, some people say they do and some people say they don't. Um, yeah. the, the research I've read on using them in pregnancy is that they don't. But then I read some post from, I think it was Neely, Lily Nichols, who said that she tested her own during pregnancy <laughs> found that they did. Mm. So I think just being careful. I love dates, Ugh, yeah, I dates love and figs. And just being careful. You know, if you're going to have dates, if you're just craving something a little sweet, have a date, maybe have a couple of almonds, you know, and a piece of little dark chocolate to satisfy you. And I'll do like a date with like a nut butter in it. And then if I even like f- with a dark chocolate and I freeze it and it takes yummy. me like a, a little bit longer to eat it, it's something mm-hmm. I can like suck on or something. Yeah. Like I find that that I, I keep that around for, you know, when I'm like about to get my period and eat something. for. When sure. I was working on my last book, because sometimes I'll just get inspired at night or just be on a deadline. And then I'm working a little bit into the evening and I'll want to nosh and something sweet. And I don't know how I got onto this, but I started keeping 
organic frozen black cherries in my freezer. I and they are ate so- those by the bag when I was pregnant. That's funny. Well, Frozen black cherries are cherries. great for blood sugar too. I mean, you don't want to overeat them because they're still sweet. Yeah. But, you know, putting 10 black cherries and just, like you said, if you kind of like, kind of melt them in your mouth a little and then chew them, they take a little that was my too. That was my, like, I'm going to die. Yes. Somebody yeah. needs to go to the store. Pregnancy cravings. Yeah. And raisins, raisins actually, interestingly, there was a study done on runners showing that raisins don't spike blood sugar very much, oh. which was surprising to me um, that or you eat could raisins. eat a couple of tablespoons of raisins and some nuts and get some nice sustained energy. That was my med school go-to, some kind of trail mix. Um, I also now consume a lot of ginger because of you. Oh, you do? <laughs> Every <laughs> juice I made on that five-day thing. Every juice was just like <laughs> ginger. As it's just like, so, so wonderful so for you and the way you explain it. And by the way, for anybody who's listening, like, your Instagram has so many, so much free information. Oh, thank you. The cold shower. Like mm-hmm. I made sure that I did that. So that's morning. another thing we didn't talk about, but it's like a little secret, almost a little secret tip for metabolism. So we have two different types of fat. Primarily we have white fat, which is the more common fat that we have. And that is also more likely to be inflammatory. And then we have brown fat, which is much more metabolically active. And taking a cold shower or doing a cold plunge, I don't recommend extreme cold during pregnancy, but you can do a cool shower while you're pregnant. But taking a cold shower, even just like 30 seconds to a minute on, you know, and you work up to it. You start with 10 seconds of cool and you work up to like a minute of full on cold. Mm -hmm. But that can help to... Uh, reset your metabolism and your um, insulin resistance and and boost metabolism. And then the other thing is making sure that when you sleep at night, you're sleeping on the cooler side so that your temperature in your room or your house is a little bit lower. So more like even 67 degrees that helps with metabolism at night. And so part of that, you know, little, little things that you can do with PCOS, it just feel good too. Yeah, it does. Thank you so much. This is so helpful. I love talking with you. It's nice. <laughs> I love talking with you. And I feel so honored to be able to share this with our listeners because I know that it's it's been a big struggle. Do you know that I always refer anytime anybody asks me anything, I say the three A's and you're one of the three A's. It's Amy oh. Raup, Alisa Vitti, and Aviva Raup oh. are my three, three women. A's. That your Instagrams are always really helpful. You're all very positive. It makes you feel like I think so many of us go to the dog. I mean, so many of my girlfriends are freezing their eggs right now. And two of them messaged me this morning and were kind of snappy with me because I was like, can you just, I was like, read this book or listen to this or follow the, the, the A's call triple A. Yeah. I was like, look at the A's. And, and she was like, well, my doctor says that we, you know, that I need to do IVF next month. And I, I was like, you're uptight about this. Yeah. How many rounds do you want to go? You've waited till you're 40. You can wait three more months, spend three months getting yourself in the best place and getting into a lovely positive attitude because attitude really helps. Yeah. We live in such an urgency culture. And then I think medicine and the whole fertility industry creates so much urgency. It was a big reason I went to med school was to be able to say when somebody says, 
I, I, it was terrible. Somebody said, well, my doctor said, and I was like, well, where did your doctor go to medical school? <laughs> Let's compare uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I wish I, that's amazing to have that kind of authority. <laughs> but you know, it's just nice to be able to have the knowledge and say, and the training, such as another training, the experience to be able to say, yeah, that's about right. Or like, hey, we can step back and think about this and give a little more space and breathing room to this decision or this time frame. Which I, can make a world of difference because I think, the like we said, like the stress of it all impacts everything. It was the first month I stopped trying for Carmela is when she came. Amazing, isn't it? Years of trying. It's like those rom-coms where somebody decides to adopt or just gives up and then the next month they're pregnant. And not to say that it happens for everyone. And I really want to honor, you know, it can be a real pain, painful struggle. Of course. But also there are so many people I've worked with who I'm like, okay, before you start on this journey, can you take a vacation and come back pregnant? Or like, mm. I had so many friends say that to me. We were talking, I was like, so frustrated and every month and now I'm ovulating. We got to go have sex. And everyone's like, you need to go on vacation. <laughs> Thank you so much. Lovely. Thank you. Good Thank to you. See you. Good to see you. Bye. I'll talk to Bye, you everybody. soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.